Hi everyone and welcome to Exploring the Midwest. My name is Jody, and I will be your guide as we chat with incredible people across the 13 Midwestern states and discover all the amazing things there are to see and do. I hope you enjoy our summer topics and I invite you to reach out to me at any time with topic ideas or destinations, attractions, or even people that you think I should know about. You can click through the show notes and leave a comment or connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Jody Halstead. Hi everyone, we are continuing our state fair season with the Midwest State Fair that actually runs for the longest amount of time in the summer. Now, the Indiana State Fair takes place this year from July 30th through August 22nd. And that's a grand total of 18 days, which is a week longer than most state fairs. My guest, Sharon Smith, is the Director of Communications for the Indiana State Fairgrounds and Event Center. And she's going to share a little bit about the Indiana State Fair with us. We'll talk about some history and highlights and hopefully get a few insider tips to help you make the most of your visit. Sharon, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Jody. So the Indiana State Fair is, you know, it's kind of that culmination of the year, right? Where things are, are starting to wind down from summer and, and we're ready to flow into the fall. But the thing that I noticed when I was doing my state fair research is that the Indiana State Fair lasts a good week longer than most other state fairs in the Midwest. And I thought that was really interesting. Is there a reason for that? Well, um, for the past few years, we've been a 17-day fair. We have increased it to 18 days. So it's not that much longer because we are closed Mondays and Tuesdays. This is a new fair format for us this year. Um, we added an extra weekend on the front end of our schedule, and that was purposefully. We wanted to kind of spread out attendance. Um, we know that people are most likely to attend um, over the course of a long weekend, so we added that weekend um, for our guests to um, enhance their experience. It also allows us to kind of refresh the, the campus on Mondays and Tuesdays add some new programming, turn it over, and just keep everything fresh and exciting so folks can come back and experience something new. Oh, that's fun. And I really was, um, I kind of liked that closed on Mondays and Tuesdays because, it, like you said, it gives you a chance to kind of refresh, you know, maybe do a little cleanup, um, things like that. Because we all know after visiting state fairs that, that those grounds do take quite a bit of a beating over the course of, you know, 10 days, 12 days. Well, yeah. I mean, just the changeover of the barns with the livestock, um, to have that being done on Mondays and Tuesdays, again, it enhances the guest experience to not have to worry about all of that uh, moving in and moving out while they're here. So there's some real advantages to the new schedule. So um, we'll see how it goes. But yes, 18 days instead of 17 this year. <laughs> now, the Indiana State Fair, when did it begin? Yeah, so this will be the 164th Indiana State Fair. So 1892, um, we started in downtown Indianapolis at Military Park, and then it moved around to different communities in the state. And, um, and we've been here at the Indiana State Fairgrounds and Event Center, which is right at 36 and Fall Creek Parkway, which is about midtown Indianapolis. Um, and uh, the campus is looking great. It's always fun to refresh and 
paint and trim and do all these wonderful things to really be show ready. So we're excited to be about um, a couple weeks out from this year's fair. Now, are there any events that happen before the state fair that kind of kick it off that people, uh, people show up for or tend to look forward to as, as they're going into the state fair? Any parades or, or anything like that that happens? Well, I mean, on the media side, we have a media preview day, um, and that's exclusively for members of the media, so they get a sneak peek at some of the highlights and new programming that we're offering. So we'll do that the Thursday before we open on Friday, July the 30th. Um, and it's a great opportunity for them to taste all of the um, entries in our uh, Taste of the Fair competition. So 23 different foods will be offered as well. So uh, it's a real opportunity for them to um, cover these foods and put them on social media and that sort of thing. And then our opening ceremonies are held Friday morning at 8.30 with the governor and other dignitaries. And that truly kicks off the Indiana State Fair. Fun. So you can kind of get that little, that little amp push right beforehand with with your media and the social mm -hmm. media and everything. That's fun. So when you're thinking about the famous features of the Indiana State Fair, what is it that really draws people, maybe keeps them coming back? Um, is there anything fun or quirky that tends to, to make people go, did you see that? Mm. Every year it's a little different because we do theme our state fair. Um, not all fairs do, but we do. And um, this year we went with more of a general theme of just celebrating the Hoosier spirit as we're trying to kind of uplift Hoosiers and all of the grit and resiliency that Hoosiers show, have shown over the course of the uh, last year. Um, but you know, there are years when we're, we're showcasing things like basketball and we have different activations that tie into the sport of basketball and that sort of thing. But traditionally, there are locations at the fairgrounds that are very iconic. Um, our Midway Arch, which leads into our, our Midway with our carnival rides, is often photographed. Um, it means a lot to people, so we often include that in our design and, um, and, and, and try to you know, draw people to that location because it's a favorite. Um, our Indiana Farmers Coliseum, it's included in this year's artwork as well. It's iconic. Um, so many people have had personal experiences there, whether they saw the Beatles perform. The Beatles were the, we were at the only location for the Beatles to perform in Indiana at all. So um, it's a wonderful memory in the 60s for many folks. Um, and of course, that's where the livestock competitions happen. So, so many um, kids who have grown up who competed there or won there, um, they cherish that location. Um, our grandstand where we have so many events like the rodeo and demolition derby and band day and uh, cheerleading competitions, those things that happen every year that people really look forward to. That's also a very popular location. And then finally, I'd say Pioneer Village, which it just um, tells the story of Indiana's rich agricultural history and brings it to life with um, a lot of activations where you can see different things being made. Um, you can see farm equipment that's historic and that's being restored um, in real time. Um, you can buy product over there, maple syrup and, and things. It has, a, it has just a real um, charm to it. And so many people were 
their overalls and there's like a whole family of volunteers there that gather every year. It's like a family reunion to be a part of Pioneer Village. And you sense that when you, when you visit and um, you're kind of embraced as part of the bigger family. So that's, that's a very special location as well. That sounds incredible. Now, when we're thinking about visiting the State Fair, obviously people are going. You have people attending because they're showing things. You have people attending because they're supporting those, uh, you know, their family members who might be showcasing their livestock or their creations. But then you have people who come for the fun and the entertainment and, and just really the energy of a State Fair. So when people come to the Indiana State Fair, what kind of um, entertainment and, and attractions are they going to find? Yeah, so again, free with paid admission um, is our free stage where we have a concert every day during the fair and um, high quality enter entertainment. You know, this year we have everyone from Babyface who is um, a native of Indianapolis. So he's coming home to Indiana, multi-Grammy award winner. Um, we've got Josh Turner, um, country music artist. Um, we've got um, Vince Neal of Motley Crue for more of the heavy metal. Um, we've got Happy Together uh, tour. There are a lot of bands from the late 60s, like the Turtles, who um, appeal to an audience as well. And we've got the Beach Boys, who kind of, appeal to a wide range of, of folks because of how lasting their hits have been. Um, we've got a gospel um, event as well and a Latino festival on the free stage. So a lot of diversity this year, a lot of different uh, appeal for um, a lot of different audiences. So we're really excited about the diversity on the free stage this year. So that's really exciting. Um, we also have on our website uh, 100 free things to do. Um, so it's a great way for families to kind of plan ahead, take a look at that list and see what might appeal to your kids and to your family members and, um, and kind of knock some things off that list. Um, and, you know, again, there's, there's many ways to do the state there. You just have to kind of do it on you, the way you choose to based on your family um, or your friends or whoever you're coming with. I love the variety and the quality of the acts on your free stage because so often you see that quality of acts in a grandstand performance with a limited number of tickets. And, and that's just really, I mean, the, the quality of that, I think struck me more than anything else. That's just really incredible. Yeah. Well, it speaks to our sponsorship department. They've worked really hard to reach their goal and we reached our goal this year, which is amazing considering how challenging it, it is to go out and, and seek sponsors um, during this environment. But we, we met our goal and it actually exceeded it a bit. So that allows us to put on this great programming um, and, and allow you know, guests to have a value-added experience. I mean, when you think that you can see the Beach Boys for $13 or less, that's <laughs> pretty amazing. That is. Now, kind of at the beginning, we touched on fair food just a little bit. I think you said there were 23 new fair foods um, being introduced to the Indiana State Fair this year. And let's be honest, the fair food is something I think that that draws a lot of people. It's like your annual corn dog, right? Mm -hmm. um, so let's let's chat a little bit about the types of food you're going to find in the at the Indiana State Fair because as a Midwestern state, 
obviously a lot of this food is going to be local and fresh mm -hmm. and just really, really good. So yeah. what kinds of things can people expect to taste? Yeah, so our research has shown for years and years that the food is the number one reason that people come to the great Indiana State Fair. So people can expect the, the traditional favorites, like you mentioned, the corn dogs, elephant ears, funnel cakes, um, buttered corn. We, boy, do we sell a lot of butter, buttered corn, um, all the candy, et cetera. Um, but this year, uh, we again, once again, have the taste of the fair competition, which we're looking for kind of zany, wacky, new, um, fair food items to really kind of tempt people's taste buds and get them out of their comfort zone a little bit. Um, it's a People's Choice Award competition, so the folks are encouraged to vote on their favorites. Um, they can do that by just scanning a QR code at each of the participating concession stands, or we've got information booths located around the grounds, and they can vote on a ballot there. Um, but yeah, 23 different items. Um, we have our first all-vegan um, concession stand, so no soy, gluten-free, um, completely vegan brat that's being kind of showcased in the in the Taste of the Fair competition, loaded with veggies. Um, haven't sampled it yet, but I'm told it's it's delicious, and I think uh, I know I personally have received a lot of questions over the years about vegan options, so it's great that we'll have this this option for folks. And then on more of the traditional side, we've got deep fried um, cheesecake bites. Um, so you've got the crispy on the outside with the um, cheesecake creamy center on the inside with powdered sugar on the top drizzled with strawberry. Um, that's definitely more traditional fair food. And, you know, the deep fried items are always popular. So that should be a hit. Um, we've got bacon mac and cheese presented by Indiana Pork. So you've got the two favorites of crispy fried bacon with cheesy mac and cheese combined together, kind of easy to eat, very portable as you're walking around. Um, so we expect that's gonna be probably a big, a big hit. Um, we've got, last year's winner was a Puerto Rican, um, kind of ethnic um, food vendor called the Deportable Rican. And this year they're doing kind of a Cuban sandwich um, so it's a very traditional um, kind of meal that's served in Puerto Rico. And they're coming back strong. They're, they're very confident that this sandwich could put them back into the top three this year. So it's healthy to have good food competition, I think. It that's is. It. And I think it just raises uh, almost the anticipation of, of what, what you're going to eat and what you're going to try. And, and sometimes you have to strategize of how am I going to to eat all of this delicious sounding food. Yeah, so on $3 Thursday, so we do offer a discount day where you can get smaller versions of these items um, for $3 each. It, it might be a nice option for people who think, yeah, there's several on this list that really appeal to me that I would wanna try. But if you come on Thursday, then you're not getting the full portion and you can really get around and, and, and see what you like best. Oh, that's an excellent tip. Now, is that every Thursday? Or is it yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And because of our extended schedule, we've added a $3 Thursday to the schedule. Um, and it's $3 entry at the gate, which is wonderful. And um, $3 food items as well. So um, it's a real savings. That is excellent. 
So since you shared that great tip, what other insider tips can you offer to people who are maybe coming in from outside of Indianapolis to the fair? Any uh, parking tips or shuttling, things like that? I know that it has to be a very busy area. It is, and um, especially with some construction happening in downtown Indianapolis, if you're coming from the south side, there are definitely better ways to get here than others. So indianastatefairparking.com is um, a great resource for, again, planning ahead to figure out your route to get to the fair. Um, and that can all be found, too, at just straight indianastatefair.com. That's really your resource for anything and everything Indiana State Fair. Our entire program is put on that, on that um, platform, as well as you know, all the locations for all of our food vendors. We also have a mobile app this year, which you'll wanna download when you get to the fairgrounds or even beforehand through either Google Play or um, uh, iPhone. You can either way be able to access that and it's got a ton of information. Um, available to you right on your fingertips. Um, you know, as I said, going to the website and spending some time there in advance of your trip and deciding where you want to park. Um, there are, yeah, we offer on-site parking, not all fares do, but you can park on our grounds or you can Uber here or Lyft here. You can walk in, you can ride your bike in and get a dollar off um, and park for free. Um, there's a lot of different ways and options to access the fair. Oh, terrific. And like you said, indianastatefair.com has all the information you need. So you're going to find safety procedures, um, your deals and discounts, and all of those things on the website. Is there any, anything else that you think people might want to know about as they're making their plans to visit this year? Well, uh, we do have a new ride. We have the Hoosier Cruiser uh, Ferris wheel, and it will be the largest Ferris wheel in the state of Indiana. So it's 150 feet tall. There are 36 enclosed temperature controlled gondolas. So it's a really an elevated, literally experience. Um, and some of the uh, gondolas are even VIP. So they're typically $10 per rider, but $15 for a VIP experience, just a little more plush. Um, um, and just, again, a thrilling uh, ride for anyone, uh, because I think you'll get a view of the fairgrounds like we've never had before. Plus, we're being told that you're going to have a nice view of downtown Indianapolis as well. So a great photo opportunity, um, especially at night. I think it'll be a really great experience for folks. So that's brand new. And that will be at uh, what we're calling Hoosier Spirit Park, which is on the north side of the grounds, um, not too far from Pioneer Village and uh, next to the Farm Bureau building. So we're really excited about that and uh, know that that's going to just have a wow factor to it as, as people come onto the grounds for sure. Oh, how fun. Well, it sounds like the Indiana State Fair is going to be a great event this year, a wonderful comeback after the last year that we've had and really just know, a, a great getaway from for just about anybody. Yeah, I mean, we've kept our eyes on what's been happening with other events in the industry, um, other state fairs across the country, especially down south are seeing um, you know, big numbers and people are really 
wanting to come out and gather again. Of course, um, we saw a successful Indy, Indy 500 here in our market. So um, we, we certainly have the sense that um, excitement is building and, and people are really getting excited about coming out. I know our pre-sale pre tickets are doing well, so that's an indicator that we're gonna have a good state fair. Excellent. Well, Sharon, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join me. I know that, you know, your your state fair is going to start in, gosh, just over a week and a half. And, yep. and you've got to be very, very busy getting ready for it. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share this insight with us. And uh, good luck this year. Thank you so much. We're so ready to open up the gates and let folks in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and thank you so much for listening. If you would like more Midwest inspiration, please join me over in the Exploring the Midwest group on Facebook. And don't forget to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app or take a screenshot, tag me in your Instagram stories at Jody Halstead.